Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Main Event Podcast where today we are looking at WWE Hell in a Cell 2022. Yes, right down there. My name's Dan and over there, who pointed at the Hell in a Cell sign, is Jez. How this are you guy. doing? I'm doing very well. Second one of the week, you know, we're, yep. uh, we're busy, busy being provided lots of wrestling content at the moment, which is nice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we came off a, a solidly good NXT in your house. Mm. And, and now it's time to find out whether the, the main roster can actually meet that standard. Mm. Historically. No, no, but, uh, more so during the, uh, the NXT 2.0 era, have they been yeah. able to, uh, yeah. We'll circle back to that at the end and uh, determine whether uh, whether that's been the case. Yes. What didn't start them off on a good point, though, was that mm. uh, there was rumour about the status of Cody Rhodes and whether he would actually even be in Hell in a Cell. So uh, they kicked off the show saying, basically, yeah, there's been some rumours and Cody might be injured. Stay tuned. Might mm. Well doesn't really help me no I, I i guess i've already got the the subscription to the network I, i'm not gonna go oh no i'm not gonna buy the pay-per-view if cody's not on it or anything like that but like could you not just tell us there and then right at the beginning could you have not allayed our fears during the the pre-show surely if there was somebody who was out there going oh shall i subscribe to the network and on the pre-show they're like well cody's status is uncertain maybe we won't get the main event they're not going to by the event, are they? So, dear me, WWE. It, it wasn't really the cleverest move. Just tell us. Open the show with Cody Rhodes is going to wrestle anyway. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Say yeah. what he said like two thirds into the show, like that, but at the beginning of the show, so we're not going. Oh, we're not going to have a main oh. event. This this show that already lacking in matches is going to have one less match. You know the the titular Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So not not the best look. No. Uh, but on that note, we then moved into a match, the opening match, uh, starting with the Raw Women's Championship. Oh. Not sure that uh, that's a bit of a I don't know. We'll discuss it. Here's what happened: the opening contest was the triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship with Bianca Belair defending against Becky Lynch and Asuka. As the match began, all three women tried to take control, but after Belair and Asuka double-teamed Lynch, she left the ring and we had our first one-on-one -on -one between the former two. The majority of the in-ring action in the early part of the match was between Belair and Asuka, but Lynch occasionally got in the mix when the moment was opportune. This changed when Bex took out Asuka, and instead we got Lynch and Bianca one-on-one. -on -one. Asuka returned to the ring, and the champion did well to avoid attacks from both of her challengers. She showed her strength and gained some near falls. Lynch surprised Belair with the manhandle slam, but Asuka broke up the pinfall attempt. Belair went for the KOD, but Lynch interrupted it and threw the EST from the ring. Lynch delivered the manhandle to Asuka, but as she was about to pin the Empress, Bianca returned to the ring, threw Becky from it, and pinned Asuka to retain her Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, so it was a a good match, mm. but I feel like it should have had a better place on the card. Yeah. Uh, 
we've just completely given up on the idea that that women can be in in the main event now, have we? Yeah, I think that's what's <laughs> what's happened, especially at this point in the show where we don't know whether Cody Rhodes is going to be competing. Yeah, you could have saved this for later and given the mm. impression that oh well, if if the Hell in a Cell doesn't happen, mm. we'll throw a Hell in a Cell around this and it can be the main event, and it would have been a worthy yeah. main event. Yeah, in the place of yeah. Cody and, and Seth, but yeah, yeah, opening match. I, I, I'm not a fan of that for for these women. I think they deserve better than mm. than the opening match. Personally, uh, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match. Definitely a good match. I mean, I I think it wasn't your stereotypical triple threat match. You know, where one person lays outside the ring for hours on end, while the other two have a go, and then somebody else lies, and you know, all that. They did all kind of try to mix in together there were moments yeah. of there definitely were were moments but there wasn't as much as it were you know yeah so they did yeah. try to get all all together yeah i i don't like a triple threat match in case that no. hasn't come up on the show before but um i like this match i feel like they did do a good job of of kind of mixing it up and there were plenty yeah. of moments where all three of them were were involved in the ring I, i'm just i'm begging someone I don't care who it is, but you will impress me immensely to just book and complete a triple threat match in which nobody leaves the ring at any point, and that you are fighting between the three of you for the entire match. It may be impossible. I may be asking the impossible, mm. but I am yet to see it. Therefore, Maybe you shouldn't have quite so many triple threat matches if you can't involve yeah. everyone. Like a fatal four way works better because then at yeah. least you've got two pairs of people fighting. Yeah. You never have one person lying on the floor for ten minutes because they were poked in the cheek or something innocuous. Like, oh no, I've yeah. got clothes lined. Better lay down for half an hour. It 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 just completely suspends my disbelief and yeah. when they did leave the ring it was yeah. because of of things like that mm. but i liked that they kind of played with that a little bit and it came back mm. towards the end becky mm. lynch just threw bianca bella out of the ring didn't do anything yeah. to her yeah. and so bianca <laughs> just like well I'll just get back in then won't i yeah i'll wait for my moment i'll get back in and i'll win the match so i yeah. did like that we yeah. see so much in triple threat matches that you break up a pin and you throw someone out of the ring mm. and then they're gone. Like, But nothing mm. happened to you. You were literally thrown out of the ring. This happens to you every single match. Wh wh where are you? What is mm. what is this nonsense? So I like that they played with that a little bit mm. at the end of the, the match. The only time I can see a triple threat working in that scenario is when the person who's getting out of the ring is a massive heel and he just literally just goes... I'm going to get out the ring. You two can fight. Yes. Yeah. When That's somebody time... checks out of the match rather than, than yeah. that. And they're just stood at ringside. And you're like, why are you stood at ringside? Oh, oh it's because you're a prick. Fine. There's no problem yeah. with that. Yes, I yeah. agree with you there. But when somebody's just thrown from the ring yeah. or they get clothesline and like, better roll out of the ring. And then they're not back for ages. I just I hate it. I hate it yeah. so much. It bothers me. Uh, but predictions opening things up with a point each because we both correctly identified Bianca Belair as the winner uh, and uh, not to, to go into spoilers but uh, we 
we predicted identically <laughs> throughout this entire yeah. show completely completely independently put our uh, yeah. predictions in at separate times and just waited until i'd watched smackdown not that i needed to for this event um put in uh put in predictions then looked at yours and went oh uh, they're, they're the same okay cool so oh, oh so you can uh, you can bet your ass that we're tying today yeah but uh hopefully we'll we'll go for a clean sweep that will at least make things yeah nice and entertaining so let's see how we did on the next one. It's the two-on-one handicap match. Next up was the two-on-one handicap match, with Omos and MVP facing off against Bobby Lashley. Before the match, Cedric Alexander tried to game plan with MVP and Omos, but he was told in no uncertain terms that his involvement with MVP was done and to move on. As the match got underway, Omos toyed with Lashley, but this raised the ire of the Almighty. Lashley fought well but found himself overwhelmed at times by the big man, including being driven through the ring barricade by Omos. Lashley beat the ten count and got back into the ring. Cedric Alexander came to the ring and, with the distraction, Lashley speared Omos. Lashley locked the hurt lock on MVP and he tapped to award the victory to the Almighty. Did we really need this? Oh, no. Not at all. Uh, the, the only bright spot for me is that maybe we're going to have something actually happen with Cedric Alexander. Yes. Uh, if he goes on that. and feuds with with Omos and MVP, we might we might see something from him. I'd love to see mm. him beat Omos. That would be incredible. That would be funny, wouldn't it? It would be really good. And and clearly, they they're keeping Cedric around. I think he's one of the last surviving, like two hundred five live members him and akira tozawa and oh we got drew gulak on on smackdown but oh yeah we, he's still floating around but but when you look at at that group none of them are doing anything of significance mm. so it would be nice to see cedric alexander do mm. something of significance yeah especially because even if you look at them oh they were just a cruiserweight cedric alexander dropped weight to become a cruiserweight he wasn't a yeah. cruiserweight yeah. and he's definitely bigger now i'd say he's mm. somewhere up in the 215 220 pounds mark so yeah and he's a great great talent it's got a great yeah. look he's great in the ring so yeah push that guy man push that Do guy it. um but uh, for my money the outcome was fairly inevitable the moment they added mvp to the match because uh, oh i see you're, you're adding mvp so that he can take take the, the l yeah right. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. You know, Lashley wasn't yeah. going to beat Omos again. He's done that. No. Yeah. Uh, but to give him two losses mm. to Bobby Lashley would kind of undermine the mm. whole big man gimmick that he's got, and he wouldn't recover yeah. from that, in my opinion. So yeah. MVP had to take the loss. Lashley picks up the win. That's what we predicted, because we're not stupid. And therefore we add another point to our score to each. Dos. Dos. Yeah, but you're right. Really didn't need this match. Didn't need it. Uh, and before the next match, we got the the announcement that we were waiting for, and that's that Cody Rhodes had torn his pectoral muscle, but he would still compete in Hell in a Cell anyway. Wow. More on, more on that later. Next match, Ezekiel and Kevin Owens. In the next match, Kevin Owens went one-on-one -on -one with Ezekiel. 
At the bell, Ko continued to accuse Ezekiel of being a liar. Zeke surprised Owens with a knee to the face and followed it up with a diving elbow, but he was only able to get a two count. The pair then fought at ringside and Ezekiel was launched into the ring post by Owens, drawing blood. Ko systematically picked apart Ezekiel, but struggled to keep him down for three. Ezekiel tried to get back into the match and went for the knee-elbow combination again. Owens knocked him down, delivered the stunner, and pinned Ezekiel while shouting Elias into the camera to get the one, two, three. Do you know, the outcome of this match really surprises me. Really, really yeah. surprises me. It surprises um, me as well. And and we'll, we'll get it in. We both predicted that Ezekiel would win. Mm. Got that wrong. Uh, so mm. we remain at two. But I, I, I don't understand. Didn't Ezekiel need this win for to have any credibility as a as a new quote unquote superstar? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the plan is for him going forward. I don't. I don't understand this. I'm Ezekiel's brother gimmick. Anyway, it's not much of a of a gimmick, and it was never going to yeah. last very long. But now I really don't know where it's going. No. Well, people have have been saying that they should get Damien Sandow in to come back as Elias. Yeah. (laughs) And to be fair, that would be really funny. It would be really funny. Yeah, yeah. And on the pre-show, they had an interview with Ezekiel, and he said that uh, growing up, it was he and Elias' dream to be WWE Tag Team Champions. So... Maybe that is where they're going. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you you need a... I think Kevin Owens is the man to to do this if they are going to to keep this going. So Kevin Owens needs a partner Mm. with whom to work with. Uh, I think they missed the opportunity to pair him back up with with Sami Zayn again. Uh, That that could have been another incredulous person going... Like, mm. this is part of the conspiracy. It's clearly not Ezekiel. It's clearly Elias. This is this is Damien Sandow. Like, remember him? He was like the Miz's stunt double for a while and all that. Like, it, it would have worked yeah. as those two. So I think to bring that tag team together, yeah. you need somebody like Kevin Owens going, no, it's Elias and Damien Sandow. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. That is Elias. That's not Elias. That's Elias. Like you're yeah. confusing me. That one's Elias. That one isn't Elias, and it's just it would just be good. But other than that, I have no idea. Are they really going to bring back Damien Sandow? How old is Damien Sandow now? Can he even? I don't know. Does he even still wrestle? I thought he retired. That's yeah. Let's have a little Google. A few moments later, he's thirty-nine. Thirty-nine, yeah. So he can come back for yeah, that. but does he want to? I I thought he had retired, like you said. Yeah, there's no listing of him retiring. His most recent appearance... Um, buh, 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 buh. Okay, in 2019, he returned to the ring for NWA Power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in 2022... Sorry, 2020, he was uh, made the booker or Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, whatever that is, and lost, most recently lost in 2021, March 2021, 
to Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And that is the last listing of him on Wikipedia. In history. So, yeah. yeah. It's a nice idea. Is it really going to happen? happen? I don't think it's going to happen either. No. So, who knows where they're going with this. But, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that's a shock for me is that is that we got the prediction wrong. I didn't expect yeah. Kevin Owens to win. Ruins yeah. our perfect record. How dare he. So rude. On that note, I guess we'll we'll move on to the next one, shall we? Uh, yeah. Big six-person tag team match. Hmm. The six-person mixed tag team match was the next contest, with the Judgment Day taking on the bull... Sorry, taking on the team of Finn Balor, AJ Styles and Liv Morgan. The match began with a brawl between all of the competitors, but settled down to be a fight between the women, Morgan and Ripley. Ripley dominated with a headbutt, but when Liv got fired up, Ripley tagged in Damian Priest, which forced Finn Balor into the match for the first time. The Judgment Day isolated Balor, but the Prince stayed alive long enough to get the hot tag to AJ Styles. Styles got a near fall on edge and went for the Styles Clash, but Ripley caused a distraction that interrupted it. Styles delivered the phenomenal forearm instead, but Priest dragged AJ out of the ring during the cover. Balor tagged in and went for the coup de grace, but Rhea Ripley got in the way. This allowed Edge to deliver the spear and pick up the win for the Judgment Day. So, WWE watched AEW, Double Nothing, saw their six-person mixed tag team match and thought, we need a bit of that. I mean, it had a lot more following of the rules than the yeah. than the, the AEW oh, yeah, double the or nothing that, yeah. match. Like that, we had a credible referee at least in this match. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't like that we're still doing mixed tag team matches in this mm. day and age. Like this was just screaming for it to be intergender and for Rhea Ripley to just like drop AJ Styles on his head or something. Yeah, like. Rhea Ripley is the person that you that you should get mixing it up with the men because there's definite credibility there for that. Okay, if you don't want you know Edge spearing Liv Morgan, fine, just don't do that. But yeah, the 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 whole idea of oh a woman's tagged in, so now the men have to leave has always annoyed me. It just doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Uh, especially when you know Rhea Ripley's bigger than than most Most of the other men on the roster um, and can definitely hold her own against anyone regardless of gender. So, uh, yeah, so that aside, that's really the only thing that bothered me about this match. The rest of it was was pretty good. Mm. Um, We got it right prediction-wise. I think the the Judgment Day is is the correct winner Mm -hmm. of this match. It's a new team that they're trying to build. The other team is, is thrown together. As much as they have... uh, I'm guessing you haven't watched Raw yet. I I haven't watched Raw, but I have uh, unfortunately had it spoiled for me. And I am intrigued to find out how it happened. I won't say anything for the purpose of people that are are listening to this without having watched Raw. I'm intrigued to see how that happened, but I'm... On on spoiler alone, I'm not a fan of how... No. of, of, Of the whole thing. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but I know I've seen the bit we're on about right yeah and yeah. i'm i'm intrigued as well because i i i'm in my head i can't see how that was done well no but we'll see 
Watch yeah. Raw, folks, and uh, we'll discuss it when we come to Money in the Bank, I'm sure. But that aside, uh, we it makes sense that the Judgment Day, a new established team, beat the the team of thrown together people, even though you know they do have certain past allegiance, certain uh, club. Uh, they were never never together in that club at the same time, so no, ne- not really. Liv Morgan wasn't ever in it. No. No, and the the amount of crybaby people on the internet is like, why is she doing too sweet? She wants to do the bullet club. It's like, shut up, mate. Get a grip. It's a hand signal. Go outside, touch some grass. Like, live life a little. Like, if, yeah. if that is your biggest complaint in life, you live a, a pretty privileged life, don't you? You live a very good life. I wish I had your life. Liv Morgan's <laughs> too sweeting. How dare she? Like, shut up. Go away. <laughs> shut up. Get out. <laughs> Uh, but with our correct prediction, uh, brings us to three apiece. Not like that Fred. Ezekiel Owens nonsense ruining our uh, our streak. Mm. Uh, yeah. Onwards then uh, to uh, No Holds Barred match. I know you like your No Holds Barred. It's Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. Up next was the No Holds Barred battle between Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. It didn't take long for the match to spill up the ramp, and Happy Corbin bounced Moss off the Titantron with impunity, before the pair battled back to ringside. Corbin allowed himself to be distracted by the crowd, teasing them with tables and threatening to throw Madcap over the barricade. But this didn't cost him any momentum, and he continued his assault of Moss with a steel chair. Corbin placed the chair over the neck of Madcap and launched him into the announce table. He then collected the larger part of the ring steps and set them up in the ring, but this is where things went awry for Happy, as Madcap reversed momentum and delivered a fallaway slam against the steps. Moss placed a chair over the head of Corbin, slammed the steps onto it, and pinned Happy Corbin to pick up a measure of revenge over his former employer. Right. I, mm. I don't know how I feel about this match. Mm. It was kind of a nothing match. Mm. Which, for, for a no-holds-barred, is, is slightly disappointing. Yeah. We had the beginning bit where they went up the ramp. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get some yep, some okay, proper cool. extracurricular outside the ring. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to go backstage. Yeah. And then other than the finish, yeah. the fact that there was a chair involved, mm. it didn't really utilise the, the no-holds-barred no, aspect. wasn't really anything, was there? No. And... It's always been a strange phenomenon in WWE that they basically have lots of names for the same thing. Mm. It's a no disqualification match. So no disqualification, yep. no holds barred, yep. street fight, any yep. other you know denomination of street yep. fight, depending on the location or, or whatever stipulation they've got. Yeah. It was just a bit bizarre that, yeah. that you went with the no holds barred moniker when you weren't going to do anything particularly extreme here. Yeah. Why not an ambulance match? Yeah, could have done that. You could have had the exact same spot in terms of, you know, the, the stairs slamming and then yep. toss him in, the, in an ambulance as a result. Mm. Or even, mm. you know, you do that and then the EMTs have to put him on a stretcher and actually put him in an ambulance. Madcap Moss just, you know, kicks up his feet, sits back and watch them win the match for him as they put yeah. a broken Happy Corbin in the ambulance. It would have added yeah. some entertainment. Um, yeah. It just didn't. It didn't fully do it for me. It wasn't bad. There wasn't anything 
to dislike in the match. No. But it it just it didn't really meet the bar. No. I'm concerned. It was it was Yeah. You basically summed it up. <laughs> it was the no holds barred match that happened. Yes. Is, I That's think, the exactly best way of, of summing it up. So Yeah. Uh but the right person won. Yeah. As we predicted, Madcap Moss for the win. Yeah. Brings yeah. us to four apiece. Four apiece. My finger looks really wonky. Never noticed that before. Yeah, yours is straight. <laughs> Mine's like bends off to the side a bit. My little finger's weird shape. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, massive digression. That's a tangent. It is a tangent. doesn't make any sense if you're uh, listening rather than watching, but uh, I held my hand up to do a four, and I'm like, why is why does my finger look bent? It's got dodgy fingers, and I never knew. On to the next match. Uh, United States Championship, Theory and Mustafa Ali. In championship action, Theory defended his United States title against Mustafa Ali. Early in the match, the two locked up and engaged in traditional wrestling. Outside the ring, Theory launched Ali into the ring post and took over the momentum of the contest. Theory wore down Ali in the middle of the ring, but with the help of the hometown Chicago crowd, Ali fought back into the match, counted A-Town down, and locked Theory in the STF. The US champion reached the ropes, and so Ali went for the kill with the 450 splash, but, unfortunately for him, Theory moved and chopped the legs out from under the challenger. Theory successfully delivered A-Town down on his second attempt and pinned Mustafa to hold on to his championship. So, I thought this was okay. Yes. Yes. It's okay. Uh, of all of the matches on this card, this, mm. even with the, the no-holds-barred that happened, this was the match that happened. Mm. Uh, I, I don't really understand... Why bother having this match if you weren't going to change the outcome from Monday night? It's like, it's because Mustafa Ali is from Chicago. Okay, so he needed somebody from Chicago to give him the the belt. Then be stupid. <laughs> what was the point? Honestly, like we did this on Monday night, albeit because you know Ali got the number one contendership, and then immediately got his shot and was screwed out of it. Great. Nice heel work by Theory. And then, for some reason, you know, Vince McMahon sends his message through, and it's like, ah, yeah, that wasn't fair. You should do that again. Yeah. That, that's not... That isn't a Vince McMahon-style thing. Yeah. Sure doesn't work. So, yeah, I don't... I just... We didn't need this match. It's just there no. to fill the card. I would have much preferred this was the Intercontinental Championship match that we're getting on SmackDown. <laughs> what, the Intercontinental Championship that hasn't been defended on a premium live event for over a year? Uh, almost two years, yeah. Maybe yeah. two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the SmackDown Championship. The Fox Television Championship. It, uh, yeah. That's what it should become. But yeah, uh, I'm just, that, you know, go Gunter. That, that one, yeah. That one. Go Gunter. I want Gunter as Intercontinental Champion. I do as well. I hope that if Gunter wins it, he does get the prestige back into it because it is a prestigious championship. Yes. Yeah. The, you know, give Gunter that championship run that he had with the, the UK title. Mm. Like, 
it's not like you want it on pay-per-view anyway, so just have Gunter squash people for 600 days. Yeah. What is the longest Intercontinental Championship reign of all time? Give that to Gunter. That would be amazing. Yeah, let's do that. It's You're awesome. not going to use him in the World Championship picture for a while. No. Say 600 days This is an example. So, uh, yeah, keep him as the IC champion. What is the longest Intercontinental Championship reign? You're going to have to look that up. Longest. A few moments later. The Honky Tonk Man. For 454 days. So, one. if Gunter did hold it for 600... He'd be well ahead. Hang on. He wasn't called Gunter then, was he? What was he called? Walter. Volta. UK title reign. I think he was over 1,000 days because of COVID. 870 days. Get him close to that. I was mixing him up with Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne held it for 685 days. That's that's good that's a work. Lot. That's good work. I, I don't know how they managed to do that. That you know that that's, COVID. Yes, but I mean Walter was still defending it even throughout throughout COVID as much as they could. It's mm. it's not as you know paper champion as Kaylee Ray and her title reign. That was nonsense. Yeah. Like making a big deal of that was was not most of the reign took place not during covid so i'll give that to walter gunter don't call me gunter stark because that's something else but yeah. Um, yeah massive digression but that conversation was was more interesting than the us championship match i think so yeah. so there you go uh and although i wanted ali to win in his hometown it's not mm. what i predicted it's not what you predicted we both went no. with theory for the win because WWE gonna WWE correct on that point five apiece five time very nice too so that takes us into the main event the Hell in a Cell match the main event was the Hell in a Cell match with Seth freaking Rollins taking on the ailing Cody Rhodes continuing the mind games he had employed throughout the entire rivalry Seth Rollins came to the ring in Dusty Rhodes polka dots. When Cody took off his jacket, the extent of his injury was revealed, as Cody's chest bore a deep purple bruise. As the match began, Cody defended his right side as he fought off Rollins, and used quick offence to keep the architect at bay, and even delivered a disaster kick and a Cody cutter. As Cody locked Rollins in the figure four leg lock, Rollins reached out under the ring and collected a kendo stick which he used to torment the American Nightmare's torn pectoral muscle. Rollins continued the assault with lashes from a custom polka dot weight belt while wearing Rhodes' ring jacket. Seth placed Cody on a table in the middle of the ring and went for a frog splash, but Rhodes moved aside and Rollins went crashing through the table. Rhodes collected a bull rope from under the ring, put it on his good arm and demanded that Rollins put it on too. Cody got some good offence in with the rope, but Rollins got the better of the exchange and continued his assault on Rhodes. Seth put Cody through a table, but against all reason, Rhodes kicked out. Starting to show frustration, Rollins got a sledgehammer, but Cody avoided it and delivered a pedigree for a two-count. Cody chased after Rollins with the sledgehammer, but this allowed Rollins to deliver the stomp. Rollins, however, only got a two-count as well. Cody fought valiantly out of Rollins' attacks, delivered three crossroads and punctuated his offence with a sledgehammer to the skull of Rollins to finally bring the match to a close and pick up the clean sweep over Seth freaking Rollins. 
Listen, if mm. you're out there thinking that you don't like Cody Rhodes and you don't have any respect for Cody Rhodes and you watch this match and what mm. he did, mm. then you shouldn't be watching wrestling, quite honestly. No. Like, massive, massive kudos, yeah. Cody, for wrestling through oh, yeah. a horrific injury. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks a lot worse than it is because the bruising really does spread with a tear mm. like that. But honestly, you could you can tell the difference between wrestling pain and actual pain. Yeah. And you could see at so many points in the match Cody's genuine pain and the fact that I assume he was on some painkillers to get. Oh, he must have been on match. everything under the sun. <laughs> but he couldn't have pushed it too far because he still had to be very with it. Yeah. In order to, to wrestle the match and to not further injure himself or put Seth Rollins at risk. So mm. would only have slightly dulled the pain. Bit of ibuprofen. Yeah, I'm sure that that that'll do the job. Yeah, yeah. Um massive respect. Massive yeah. respect. Big respect to the guy. And I'm I, I didn't realise this until I was having a conversation with uh with Matt, my two minute warning co host. Mm. Uh, we're not going to see Cody at Clash at the Castle. It didn't dawn on me until he pointed it out to me last night. Oh. And it hadn't dawned on you until I just said that to you at this very moment. Yeah. It's I sad. I'm out. <laughs> it, it's really disappointing because I, I was really looking forward to seeing, seeing Cody yeah. live. It really was. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Cody live. If I have, it wasn't memorable. Maybe in 2008? Was he around in 2008? It must have been. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, we're oh, going to have to wait to see Cody. Uh, barring some kind of miraculous recovery, but mm. I, I think now it will probably keep him off television for the rest of the year. Even if he's ready by you know October, November, I think they keep him off Royal Rumble. Yeah, Royal Rumble. Get the pop. He wins the Royal Rumble. Goes to WrestleMania. Gets the championship. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect completion of that story. It's just mm. another level of adversity and something standing him in the way standing in his way of becoming world champion. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it is it's a tailor made injury. Mm. For, yeah. for the story of the the championship chase yeah. from both yeah. him and his his father never winning the yeah. the WWE championship so yeah and you know some people are throwing around match of the year candidate for for this I'm not I'm not really with them there no I right. I, I absolutely agree it was a good match you know it's a great match but match of the year mm, yeah not quite there performance of the year. Performance of the year, yes. I'll give you that. But mm. to 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 say that this is the match of the year when when one member of, of the match was not physically capable of giving it their all. Yeah. I don't yeah. don't think you can, can really no. do that. Uh but yeah, massive respect to Cody. Massive respect to Seth for you know yeah. for really looking after Cody yeah. and in in all of the, the high impact moves that were were done. Yeah. 
you could see Seth Rollins looking after Cody Rhodes. And, oh, absolutely. Like, the kendo stick hits were all, like... Yeah. Ab above, like, collarbone, yeah. or completely yeah. the opposite side, or yeah. down in the abdomen, in areas yeah. that were not going to aggravate the injury, yeah. but it looked like he was going ham yeah. on his injury and trying to make it worse. Yeah. Like, really good ring psychology from the both of them. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm so so impressed that we still got mm. this main event. Yeah, and uh, like the audacity audacity of uh, of that crowd to to say thank you Rollins for for taking him down. Like mm. I, I I didn't quite understand it because they seemed behind Cody at the beginning, they seemed yeah. behind Cody at the end, but then in the middle they 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 lost that. I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. So I yeah. Don't get it. If if you don't have respect for Cody Rhodes after that, then yeah. massive respect. Do one, get out. And to be honest, but when they said about the injury at the beginning of the show, I thought, oh, this is going to be a bit of a work, isn't it? You know. And then he came out. And it's like, okay, he seems okay. He's not raising his right arm as much. Okay, so and he takes his jacket off. You're like, okay, that's not a work. <laughs> that is not. No, no. And I was looking at that and having flashbacks because that is the color. That my leg mm. was after I I broke it and then had surgery. Nice. It was black, nice. hints of purple. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and we went into this predicting based on a healthy Cody. So luckily, it all worked out. Uh, yeah. We both said Cody Rhodes for the win. Cody Rhodes completes that triple over Seth Rollins, and brings us to a score of six each. Yep. Uh, let's just have a little look at what that does for the total. We obviously it doesn't change our overall difference because no. we tied on this. But uh, total score thirty five for me, thirty six for you. Boom. Slammiversary next up. Yeah. Bring it on. But one last thing to discuss from Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And it kind of relates to this main event because. It might have happened. It didn't happen. But uh, there have been some cryptic tweets mm. about the uh, the return to wrestling of a, a certain fiend, Bray Wyatt. A fiendy man. And the speculation was that it would happen at Hell in a Cell. Mm. I put out a, uh, a poll on Twitter. Mm. Uh, it had, like, I think, the total number of votes cast in the end was like 170 or something around that and overwhelmingly people believed that the fiend was returning at hell in a cell hasn't happened no as far as i know again haven't watched it yet didn't happen on raw either mm, i don't think so if it had happened on raw it would have blown up facebook and everything i, I would have thought so yeah i don't think i'd have avoided that spoiler this morning so no yeah so uh, AEW, Dynamite on Wednesday night, possibly? Maybe. Maybe. Or is it like, you know, leading into the Royal Rumble? Mm. Wyndham is just winding us up. <laughs> he's winding us up. I would love it if he's just winding us up. Because, mm. to be fair, I know everyone would get annoyed at that, but I would just be like, you man, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see it's, what you're doing there. <laughs> it's the greatest work of all time. Like he builds yeah. his uh, 
his return up so many times. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he just returns to some random like indie somewhere without yeah. without any pipe, without any any yeah. pre thing. Yeah. It's just there. It's like, oh, this is what I meant the whole time. What are you? T- of course, this is what funny. I meant. And just It'd link it all funny. together in some ridiculous yeah. way, and then go and join one of the big groups. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, because he the main tease was based around six. Mm. Uh, and of, as of recording today, June seventh. Yesterday was six, 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 June sixth. And then, if you add up all the numbers of twenty twenty two, makes another six. Six, six, so six, 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 six. So mm-hmm. I was thinking Raw was more likely than Hell in a Cell, but that didn't seem to happen. And when they announced that Cody was injured, mm. then the internet really blew up and was like, "Well." Cody's gonna be replaced by the Fiend, isn't he? And we're gonna have another another Hell in a Cell match between them. And I'm, I didn't believe it personally. No, I, I didn't believe it because I think he's he's playing with us. But yeah. interesting, interesting thing that didn't happen at Hell in a Cell mm. that was a major discussion point from Hell in a Cell. Just thought I'd add yeah. that in there. So with that in mind, things that didn't happen and things that did happen, how would you rate? WWE Hell in a Cell out of five horrific pectoral bruises. Um, well, I think it was a good pay per view. There were obviously highlights and low points, and Cody Rhodes, you know, being epic. Um, so I think because I did enjoy it going to give it the same as NXT in your house. 3.5. That is interesting. Okay. Mm. This is going to be the first time that we we haven't agreed for for a little mm. while. Um I th- I think it was totally fine. Mm. But not fine in the same way that in your house was. Mm. Like it it wasn't as consistent. You you had the the handicap match was unnecessary. Mm. Uh, I don't understand what was happening with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens and the outcome of mm. that. Um, the no holds barred match wasn't no holds barred enough for me, mm. and I, I think the wrong person won the US title match. So there's a lot in there. That I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, you, thanks for putting on an event, but maybe, mm. maybe try harder. Just an idea. Mm. Uh, so it was fine. It wasn't offensive, but for mm. that reason, I'm going straight down the middle, and I'm giving it two point five. Oh. A whole point less than you. Pointless. Mm. Yeah, I, I won't go that far. It wasn't pointless, but it it was, it was pretty damn close. Mm. Yeah. And there we go. Oh. The double of events from the E, mm. covered by us here on the yeah. main event podcast. As I said, the next time that we are with you is for Impact Slammiversary. Mm. And I'm very excited about. Uh, what that card is going to end up like with some of the, yeah. the returning originals and things. So uh, stay tuned to social media. We'll throw some posts out and hype it up as we get there. We've got a couple of weeks to go before we do. Uh, until then, make sure wherever you are listening, you give us a uh, nice five-star rating. Maybe leave us a review. Tell us how much you love yeah. us. Uh, and if you would like more content from The Jez Show, you can do so via The Jez Show Sports VIP package on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Jez Show. 
Until next time, then, I have been Jez. And I've been Dan. And this has been the Main Event Podcast. Bye, y'all. And bye.